Hallelujah. Welcome to City Church this morning. If you would stand up on your feet. I know people are going to be coming in and joining us from all over, but we're so grateful that you would make this your church home this morning. So if you would, celebrate and worship the Lord with us.
Lord, we're awake this Super Bowl Sunday, and we're ready, God, to spend a moment in your presence. Through, and now I'm. 
this morning, it doesn't matter what walked in that door with you. It doesn't matter what kind of week you had. Can we take a second to point our focus and our eyes and our heart on the goodness that is our God? the creator of the universe who loves us. It, it boggles my mind sometimes. And I have moments where I let the enemy win. But he says, if you could just keep your eyes on me, you'll never be alone. Goodness of God is so much bigger than whatever we face. So this morning, as we worship, Lord, we just ask that you would help us to put our eyes on you.
your hands to the Father. Father, our hearts are open to you today. Glory to God. We give ourselves to you this morning fresh and new. Thank you, Lord, for fulfilling us with the power of the Holy Spirit, the strength, the courage, the faith, the wisdom, the grace, the goodness, the abundance of God to fill every one of our hearts and every one of our lives today. Father, we love you. We welcome you, Lord, not only into this house, but into our heart, into our life in a greater measure than ever before. Thank you for your presence. That your presence is a gift to us. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Just linger in his presence. Don't get nervous. It's just you and him right where you are right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in our midst. Speaking. we draw near to you, we know you're drawing near to us.
the Lord. It's coming. It's coming. Those promises are coming. They're moving in your direction. The enemy has tried to hold them up, but God says they're coming. Continue to stand, continue to believe, continue to pray, continue to speak the word. Glory to God. They're coming. They may seem like they're being delayed, but it doesn't mean that God has denied you the promise. It's moving, it's coming, it's in your direction. Glory to God. I want you to believe that today, church. I want you to believe that. Thank you, Father. We stand our ground, Lord. We stand our ground on the word of God. Thank you, Father. Church, if you don't quit, the devil can't win. Amen. The Bible says he may raise up a standard against us, but the Holy Spirit will drive it back. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. The only way he can get a hold of you and, and, and misdirect your life is if you quit. So whatever obstacle you're up against today, whatever that obstacle is, no matter how big, no matter how bad, no matter how it's talking to you, do not be intimidated by it. Don't give up in Jesus' name. Continue to pray. Continue to believe. Continue to stand on the word. Continue to speak the word of God. Well, when's it going to happen, Pastor Rusty? I don't know. That doesn't matter. I'm standing. Glory to God. It doesn't matter. I'm standing my ground. We're standing our ground. Glory to God. Your presence, Father, is welcome in our hearts and in our lives. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving right here, right now in this place. Receive the encouragement of the Lord for your life. Receive it right now. He is on your side. Just because things don't look like they're going the direction you want them to, they don't feel like that, continue to believe, continue to stand. Father, we hear your word to us today. You have spoken victory over every one of our lives. Glory to God. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. Right now, right here, we know it's ours. Just lift your hands up and praise the Lord for that. Father, we receive that from you today. Glory to God in the highest. We receive from you today the encouragement. There's not a person in Scripture, Old or New Testament, that didn't have to battle their way through the work of the enemy trying to stop it. There's not a, God told Moses, you're going to face some challenges, but don't quit. God told Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of my life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Why did he tell him that? 
because there was going to be opposition. He told him, do not fear. Why did he tell him that? Because he was going to be tempted to fear. He said, do not be discouraged. Why did he tell him that? Because he was going to be tempted to be discouraged. But the truth of the matter is, in all of those promises, God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Father, help us to stay focused on you. I speak that over every person that calls City Church home. Glory to God. Breakthrough is happening. You've already spoke it. And we're just walking it out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for every person that might be struggling today, Lord, that you are ministering to them, strengthening their hearts, their minds, their emotional state. Thank you, Father. For the Jimenez family, Father, that Martin Jr., Lord, thank you for ministering health and healing to him in the hospital, Lord. Quick, give him peace. We drive out the anxiety. We drive out the, the, the symptoms, Lord, in his body in the name of Jesus. And I speak health and healing to every person here in the name of Jesus. We stand our ground on your promises, Father, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, give the Lord a big hand clap this morning, guys. I'm glad you're in church. I know we got a big game today, but right now is the big game. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Let the Lord know you're glad you're in the house. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and this is your first or your second time, we welcome you to City Church. We know you probably drove by a lot of great churches to be here, and it's our prayer that as you've entered into worship with us, that, that God ministers to your heart and to your life right where you are. We believe around here that God has better for us, that we're moving in the direction of better in every area of our life, and we just pray that you leave here better than you came in Jesus' name. Come on, City Church, give all of our first and second time guests a hand. If you don't mind, fill out that little card that's right there in front of you or to the right or the left of where you're sitting. As soon as service is over, take it out to our information desk right out these doors over to the right. We have a gift, and we'd love to say thank you for coming and being a part of the church today, part of the service. We are honored to have you here. One more time, Sunday Church, welcome all of our first and second time guests. Amen. Before you're seated, why don't you walk around, give two or three people a high five, shake a hand, give them a hug. Somebody you don't know, go to them. God bless you guys.
here's what's going on this week at City Church. Don't forget, city groups are going on now. Visit the table in the foyer to find one near you. For all of our 7th through 12th graders, Relentless Youth is tonight at 6 p.m. If you're interested in volunteering, we need your help. Fill out the Start Here card or visit our Welcome Center. If you're new to City Church, we'd like to ask you to fill out the Start Here card, located in the seat pocket of the chair next to you or in front of you. We are City Church. Amen. Give the band of singers a big hand. We got a lot of new faces up here, right? That was our goal. Connect the platform with the congregation. Right where you are, close your eyes. Father, every person standing in front of me, they have a gift from you. Some of our gifts are lying dormant. We're not using them. And we just need to stir them up. Father, help us. Help us to stir them up. Some of us are using our gifts. Thank you, Lord, for growing them up helping us to develop them so they can be refined and be used in a better and a higher capacity. We thank you, Lord, that you are the gift giver. Help us all to recognize that gift. Help us to be used in your kingdom, Lord. God, we just love you with all of our hearts. And we're so super excited about what you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Give the Lord a big hand clap again this morning. Glory to God. Amen. How many are ready to honor the Lord with your tithe and offering this morning? Amen. If you haven't already gotten an offering envelope, there's one right there in front of you or to the right or the left of where you're sitting. And we know here at City Church, we're not just stopping to take up a money collection, right? This is an extension of our worship. This is another way to say, Lord, you're my provider. You're my source. You see, you know, the reality is before we came to Christ, we didn't have the privilege of tithing. Come on now. How many know tithing is a privilege? Tithing is a privilege that we get to partner with God, to be used of the Lord, to make an impact in the earth. It would be awesome if, if, if God rained down money from heaven, but he doesn't do that. He uses his body. He uses each and every one of us. And all of us, as we do our part, we partner together to be able to do the works of the Lord here at City Church. Amen. So just know that as we honor the Lord today with our tithe and offering, whether you're writing a check in service or whether you're giving online or through the app or however you're doing it this morning, know He sees it. He knows the sweat, the challenge behind it. Tithing is not always easy. It ought to be a challenge. Amen. That's why it takes faith. But He's opening up the windows of heaven over your life. I want you to believe that. How many believe you're prospering? That you're increasing. Amen. We believe that. We're connected to a God who is a God of increase, so it cannot be any other way. So as you honor the Lord today, know you're sowing into his kingdom through the city church and know that his blessing is being poured out into your life. So receive that today. Father, we worship you today, not just in song, not just by being here, Lord, but also with our tithe and offering. And we bless you. We bless your house. We bless your work. 
Thank you for taking it and multiplying it to City Church and to all that you've called us to do. At the same time, Lord, thank you for blessing and multiplying the seed that we sow back into our life as a harvest. So we love you today, Father, and we honor you and you work, we worship you during this time. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you as you honor the Lord this morning.
give the Lord another hand clap this morning. Amen. Hey, I know we got a big game today. I can tell we had a lot of heathens that stayed home. <laughs> no, tell them I said that. They're probably watching on media, but no. Uh, so how many going to watch the game? How many could care less? Man, that means I can keep y'all late. Y'all won't even be mad. That's awesome. Those of you going to watch, who wants the 49ers? Chiefs? All right. Should be good. I ain't watching it, but it should be good. All right, get your notes out. Let's go ahead and dive in the Word. But before we do that, let me just a couple of quick announcements. I got a series that I'm going to be kicking off in a couple of weeks that I'm super excited about. I've actually been wanting to do this for a long time. Um, we're going to take six weeks uh, and talk about the book of Ephesians. I mean, this is one of the greatest books of the New Testament. It is. It's an amazing book. It's one of my favorite books. I don't know how many times I've read it. I would just encourage you over the next couple of weeks, read it through. Read it through two or three times. We're going we're gonna to take six weeks, and we're going to go chapter by chapter by chapter by chapter. And each, each week, we're going to pull out some truths of that chapter. And uh, it really is one of the greatest works of, of God in the New Testament. They're all important, obviously, but it just speaks very personally to all of us. Um, it's known as uh, the twin epistle simply because what you read in the book of Ephesians is almost mirrored about 75% of the time in the book of Colossians. So we're going to be maybe even jumping back and forth and seeing how God put those things together. I'm also in this series going to be talking to you about how to study the Bible. How many know that's important? How to study it, how to, how to just dive into it. And we'll be talking about that as well, but I'm super excited about that. Don't forget, man, city groups are going awesome. Amen. I got a good report. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. So thrilled about everybody, the, the homes, and just if you haven't gotten in a city group, please get involved in one. Fun, fellowship, the word, it'll enrich your life. Super excited about that. Just, we're, you know, we're getting ready. We're going to be having another launch here in uh, several weeks, and we're going to be adding more groups. So if you're in a group now and you feel like you want to go start a group, uh, let us know, or if you're not in a group and want to go to start one, or however, just get involved in city groups. Remember, rows on Sundays, circles during the week. That's what we do here at, at City Church. Amen. Also, if you're not involved in somewhere in the ministry, I want to encourage you to get involved. Uh, we need ushers. We need greeters. We're just, I'm going to keep pressure on you because God wants to use you here at City Church to make us better. So I just encourage you to get involved. You see right there on the, in the little card that's in front of all of you, if you fill it out and drop it off at the information desk and I'm so thankful for all the people that have joined the team uh, since the first of the year that weren't involved but uh, we need more we always need more amen so thank you for being a part of that so go ahead and get your notes out if you haven't already gotten and we're in part three of our series fully alive everybody say fully alive we're talking about the fact that that really is the type of life that God has designed us to live that God wants us to live a life that is fully alive that is making a difference in every area of our life. We've been looking at John chapter 10, the great chapter where Jesus is talking about the, being the good shepherd. And we've just emphasized over and over throughout this. And this, this, the theme of this series is not really broad. We're really just taking one, one theme and we're just kind of layering on it and putting another layer every time we come together looking at it from a different perspective and just I want, I want to cover this thought throughout the, the series to 
Help us to live a fully alive life. And we've said this to you, that the main key of John chapter 10, when Jesus said, he said, I come to bring you life. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? That that passage there in John 10, 10, chapter 10, gives us the purpose of God coming, gives us the will of God, but he doesn't give us enough information in that one verse to live out the promise of the abundant life. You have to read above and you have to read below to discern and understand that what he's talking about, the abundant life is always found in the what? In the shepherd-sheep relationship. Inside that shepherd-sheep relationship. And it's so important to us. And we're looking at that and we're talking about it. We're going we're gonna to look at John chapter 10 again today, but we're going to look at it from a different perspective towards the end of the, end of the message. But uh, get your notes. And uh, if you're taking notes this morning, that's awesome. And if you're not taking notes this morning go ahead and get you some notes out so you can take some notes that will be awesome in your notes let's just kick off i've titled this message this morning the good shepherd and me everybody say the good shepherd and me psalms 23 we're going to just dive into this this morning Probably one of the most famous passages of all of Scripture was written by David, known as the, the Shepherd's Psalm. It's a, it's a passage that is something that David wrote towards the end of his life, and I can just see him maybe sitting on a rock one day out in the field overlooking the, all the things that God had blessed him with, and maybe on a tree stump or something, and he's just thinking about the goodness of God. Thinking about everything that the Father had done in his life. Through the good times, through the bad times, through the valleys, through the mountaintops. All the challenges that he had faced. And he gets this revelation and he just, in six verses, he pins what his whole life was all about. And he passes it on to us. And what's really amazing about how God has structured scripture, Psalms 22, obviously the psalm right before 23, is all about the, the death of Christ. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That famous passage or quote of Jesus on the cross, you find that in Psalms 22. It's about the death of Jesus. Psalms 24 is all about the resurrection of Christ and, and going back in his glory and actually even the return. of. How many know Jesus is coming back? He is coming back. So Psalms 24 is, is all about his return. And in between Psalms 22 and Psalms 24 is obviously Psalms 23 that is all about living in between those two bookends right now in our life. So he tells us what it's like to be in relationship with the shepherd and, and all the things that the shepherd can do for us. So let's dive in. Psalms 23. Let's read it. David writes, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy, my favorite part of this whole passage. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Let me just stop and say to you, don't get up from the table when the enemies attack. Don't get up from the table. Just sit in the middle of his presence. Don't give him the, 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 the privilege of knowing that you're concerned about him. Just sit 
at the table of the Lord in the presence of the enemy. Don't even worry about them. Are you with me today? Feeding on the word of God. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everybody say, forever. Father, once again, we just lift up today's service to you. Thank you for speaking to us through this very familiar passage, but personalize it to every single one of us today, Lord. Our hearts and minds and lives are open to receive everything that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. 17 times in those six verses, David uses these words. The word me, seven times. The word my, six times. The word I, he uses it four times. David uses those personal words as he describes his relationship with the shepherd to let us know that what got him through the valley, what gave him victory over his enemies, what gave him the ability to sit at the table in the presence of his enemies when they were wanting to destroy him, what gave him rest in the midst of the valley, what gave him courage in the midst of the fear, was the fact that his relationship with the shepherd was personal. Everybody say personal. It was personal. Personal. I want you to walk out of here today with a revelation that God wants his relationship with you to be personal. He lets us know he kept God close. In the good times, he kept him close. He stayed close to him. In the tough times, he kept it personal. Even at times when David was frustrated with God. How many have ever been frustrated with God? We all have. It's part of our human nature. We deal with stuff. He leads us through the valley. He, he, we get frustrated because we don't understand things. And things happen to us in our life that we can't really put our finger on. And it frustrates us. Sometimes you can get mad at God. How many have ever been mad at God? We all have. Just because of things that we don't understand. And David experienced a lot of those times in his life as well. But throughout all of that, he stayed close to the shepherd. He kept it personal. That's why he could say he's my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He prepares a table before me. But David was using that ownership language for, it's what I want us to focus on today, making our relationship more personal with God than we've ever had before. Everybody say this after me. After me say, it's personal. It's personal. We've had people tell us before, don't take it so personal. Anybody ever said that? <laughs> I'm like, you, you put my name on it. How did I not take it personal? <laughs> Come on now. But it's personal, meaning that the relationship that you have with your heavenly father, with your shepherd, that it has nothing to do with your husband, it has nothing to do with your wife, it has nothing to do with your kids, it has nothing to do with your neighbor, it has nothing to do with your friends. But this is something at the purest level is between you and God. It's between you and God. One-on-one, -on -one, you and him. Everybody say it's personal. 
for today, all the different things that we could talk about out of Psalms 23. I want you to walk out of here today with a better understanding of what that means to you in your life. How it can impact your life and how you can make it more personal than ever. So go with me on this journey today, guys. And let God speak to you. Let him guide you. Get, help him to give him a, be able to give you an understanding of what it means. Simply because, whether we realize it or not, that God designed Christianity to have a very personal element to it. He doesn't want us writing off the experiences of other people. He doesn't want us to be celebrating something that just happened 10 years ago, but man, it was good back then. He wants it to be a right now, today experience with him on a very, very personal level. Jesus, Jesus didn't come to this earth so that you could just know something about him. To live off of somebody else's relationship. To ride the coattails of somebody else's experience. To just get excited about what God is doing for other people. No, he came to this earth to introduce himself to you and I as the good shepherd so we can experience him on a very, very pure level every single day of our life. And it's my prayer today that we get a revelation of what that means to us. Everybody say it's personal. John wrote this to us in 1 John chapter 1. We saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you so you can do what? So you can experience it along with us. Not so you could just be happy about what I'm telling you. Not so you could just be excited about what I said happened to me. But so that we could experience it with one another. This experience, what is it? It is the communion with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. That communion, that close, personal relationship with God. God wants it to be developed in our life and in our heart. He doesn't want us just to go through the motions. He doesn't want us just to follow ritual routines and, and religious ideologies. He wants us to experience Him for who He is in a very, very real and life-changing way every day. Everybody say every day. See, God is not a God who is just sitting up in heaven, disconnected from who we are and what's going on in our life, just shouting down you know, orders for us to follow. That's not the role of a good shepherd. His greatest desire, God's greatest desire, the reason why he sent Jesus, the reason why he saved us and gave us an opportunity to come into his kingdom is because he wants to be right there with you in the middle of your life. Is he speaking to you today? He wants that to be real to us, guys. Up close and personal with your life. Too often in life, we keep him at arm's distance. We stiff arm him. Lots of different reasons why we do that. Today, God says, let your guard down. Let your guard down. Let me show you how personal I want this relationship to be with you. Let me know God can be more real to you than your neighbor. He can. He can be more real to you than anything around you. And you don't have to be spacey or weird or anything like that. 
But he wants our relationship to be very personal with him. That's why he did everything for us that he did. In fact, maybe you've never thought about this before. Or if, even if you have, I want you to let this sink deep down on the inside of you. God wants to leave here with you. Glory to God. I don't know where you're going afterwards. Maybe that'll change some of us in the direction we're headed. God wants to leave here with you. He wants to go home with you. He wants to go to work with you tomorrow. Come on now. He wants to go to the store with you. He wants us to understand that there is a personal dynamic in this relationship in Christianity where he wants to be a part and a part of every part of your life, not just on Sunday morning, going through the motions. No, uh, here, but also at home, at work, the doctor's office, the meetings that you go to. He can be right there and wants to be right there with you at all times because he is a right there in the middle of it with you kind of God. That's what David was saying in the psalm. He's my God. He leads me. He guides me. He's my shepherd. Everybody say, it's personal. God just simply wants to hang out in life with you. What does that look like? He wants to be a part of your life. I'll never forget. Many years ago, I was actually over in the other building, and there were two boys out of kids' church, and they were fighting not bad, but they were just kind of pushing each other and, you know, just kind of like kids do. And I'll never forget, a teacher walked out in front of them and said, Boy, stop fighting in the house of God. This is the house of God. And I thought, well, glory, we can go outside and fight then, right? I thought, no, that's misinformation. I mean, no, this is not the house of God in that context. This is the house of God. You are the house of God. We want to call this the house of God because it's where we come to celebrate and worship. Yes, but this is a building. You are the house of God. He lives in you. Everybody say, he lives in me. And he doesn't want to just be a spiritual hitchhiker. He wants you and I to tap into who he is on the inside of us. Come on now. He wants to go home with you. He wants to watch the Super Bowl with you today if you're watching it. Amen. I want this to get deep down on the inside of us. I caught those two boys after that teacher left because I didn't want to embarrass her. And I said, hey, guys, listen, I just want you to know, don't be fighting just because you don't need to fight. But when you leave here, God's going with you. Don't fight out there either. And how... Just, just think for just a second how amazing it would be if all of us, and I have to remind myself of this as well, if we would constantly remind ourselves, man, God's with me. Come on now. God is literally, he is with me. He's, I, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. And this thing is personal. Man, we might treat people a bit different, right? We might talk different. We might not go to some of the places that we go to or do some of the things that we do if we know that God is going with us. I'm glad you came today. In fact, 
at the declaration, this is how important it was to God, at the declaration of the birth of Christ, we get this prophecy, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which is translated, what? God with us. I don't know if he's with you, but he's with me. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know if he's with you, but he's with me. Personal. Personal. He's leaving here with you. He's going home with you. He wants to hang out with you. He's going to go to work with you tomorrow. And he wants everything about that dynamic to be personal, up close and personal. In fact, Jesus said this in your notes. And Jesus answered and said to him, this one guy was asking, you know, how does this relationship thing work with you, Jesus? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. Now, we have to understand, my Father will love him is not about conditional, you know, he's going to love you if you're doing good, he's going to not love you if you're doing bad. That's not what this is more. What this means is you will be able to experience the Father's love. Because the Father's love for us is constant. It doesn't change. And you will experience the love that my Father has for you. And what will happen? We'll come hang out at your house. We'll come hang out with you. We'll do life with you. Man, just imagine for a second, guys, what it would mean to us if we realized that the creator of the universe lives and abides on the inside of us. That all of the Godhead, that we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. That if we really believed and allowed it to affect our life, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. And that everything that you need in life is already on the inside of you. It's personal. And when you tap in, when I tap in, when we tap into this personal dynamic, this personal aspect of what Christianity is all about, you tap into all the benefits that flow as a result of it. That's why I keep saying to you, and I just, just keep mentioning it to you, that it is not scriptural for us to say, God, I need more of you. What is scriptural is, God, I give you more of me. I open up my heart because everything we have is already on the inside of us. God wants us to experience what that personal relationship with Him, how it can impact our life. Now, don't get me wrong, we need one another. We do. We need, we're, we need communion with one another. We need relationships. That's why I continue to encourage you to get involved in city groups. You need to be around people. There needs to be that, that community dynamic in your life. But at the end of the day, God wants us to know that your personal relationship with him is of utmost importance to develop it, to grow it, and you don't have to be afraid of it. There's been times in my life where I was afraid of really opening up to God. Come on now. Right? You don't have to be afraid to open up your hearts and say, God, I am all in. I am all in. I want everything about my life to be synced up with who you are. I want to wake up to you in the morning. I want to go to sleep in the night with you, with awareness of your presence. I want to go with you throughout the day. I want you to go with me. I want this thing to be what? 
personal, personal. He said if we, would, if we would just open up our hearts and open up our lives, he would come and he would hang out with us. We don't have to be afraid of it. So if you're afraid of it this morning, I want to drive that fear out. I want every one of us to leave here completely abandoned ourselves into his hands. So the question is this. Here's the question that we all have to ask ourselves, and that's this. Where is Jesus positioned in your life? Where is he? Is he close or is he far? Was he close yesterday, but he's far now? Are you keeping him at arm's distance? Is he close in this area, but no, you ain't touching that area, Lord. Where is he positioned? Does he have all of your heart or does he have a portion of your heart? Where is he positioned? We each and every one of us, we have to answer that question. And see, you know, the reality is no matter where you're at, there you are. So just where is he? Because once you identify how personal your relationship is with him, then you can start working on it. Then we can start building on it. Let me give you a couple of things in your notes that'll help all of us. These are the things that I use as a kind of a checklist to make sure that, that I'm staying on top of this personal relationship and I'm not allowing it to, to, to drift off and to become dormant. A couple of things that if we'll do this, that it will, it will connect us to the, the personal side of, of our relationship with God like never before. We will be able to say, he's my shepherd. He is my Lord. He leads me. He guides me. Here's the first one in your notes. How can you make your relationship with him more personal? Ready? Number one, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, in all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. Not just on Sundays, but in all your ways. Everybody say, all my ways. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Think about him. Don't act like he's not there. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge it. And you don't have to be weird about it. But we don't need to be putting on Christian camo. So nobody can tell. We look just like the world. Right? Now, I'm not saying go to, go, to church, go to work tomorrow and jump up on the table and start preaching to everybody. I'm not saying that. But you know what? Our relationship with God, we ought to be acknowledging Him in our life. Not afraid to declare, man, Jesus is Lord. He's my shepherd. Acknowledge Him. And the promise is if we'll do that, He'll direct our steps. Here's the next thing. What can we do to, to make our relationship more personal than ever before? Just acknowledge it, but also how about honor it? Are we doing okay today? Honor it. Everybody say honor. Proverbs, uh, Romans 14, 8 says this. If we live, we live to honor the Lord. And if we die, we die to honor the Lord. And all that we do, we honor him. Honoring the Lord, honoring your relationship with Him because you've placed such high value on it. Because it's the most important relationship that you have in your life. You place high value on it. It is top priority. So I 
honor it. I respect it. I'm going to honor it. I like this one. What else are we going to do? We're going to delight in it. Glory to God. How many know living for the Lord ought to give you energy? Living for the Lord ought to give you joy. Amen. Living for the Lord and having a personal relationship, that ought to be the, the utmost of the joy that we have in our life. And nothing makes us more happy. We're going to delight. Everybody say delight. We're going to delight in our relationship with the Lord. We're going to delight in the fact that we have a privilege and an opportunity to be in a personal relationship with the God of the universe. We're going to delight in it. Look at this passage. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Glory to God. Delight in it. Delight in it. Ready? Here's, here's one that, that, that I'm always having to, to remind myself. I want to pass it on to you. We need to guard it. Because if there's anything that the enemy wants to do, it is wreck your personal relationship with Christ. He wants to do anything he can to wreck it. I was talking with somebody this week on the phone and just talking about what's going on in life and different things. And actually my mind is blank right now of who it was. Not totally blank. I have something up there, but just right there in that. God will test you for promotion. Satan tempts you for destruction. And there's a difference. And everything that the enemy is trying to do in your life right now, whether he's trying to drive wedges between you and God or between you and an individual, another person, maybe you're husband or your wife, your kids, or maybe somebody at work or anything like that. That's the enemy trying to destroy your relationship with God. That's what he's after. What was Satan after when he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness? Well, ultimately he was after the plan of God, but he knew if he could separate Jesus from the Father in that relationship, then he could defeat him. That's why he was tempting him. So we have to guard our relationship, guard this personal relationship like you guard anything else of great value. Look at what our passage says. The highway of the upright or the highway of the righteous or the highway of the redeemed. What do they do? Avoids evil. Those who guard their way preserve their life. Don't let the enemy lead you into a direction that will wreck your personal relationship with God. Because when he drives wedges in between that, his next, his next stop is destruction. Are you with me this morning? You've got to guard it. Here's the next one. How do we make it better? How do we make it more personal, more relevant to us? You got to commit to it. Man, I'm committed. How many are committed to the Lord? Now, I'm not going to speak negativity over you, but how many, if your entire world fell apart yesterday, tomorrow, would we still be connected? Would we still be committed? Right? That my relationship, our relationship with God has got nothing to do with anything other than He loves me and I love Him. Come on. And we're committed to it. And we're not in one day and out the next. We're not serving him one day and not serving him and the next. We are committed to it. 
Commit your way to the Lord. That means go all in, guys. Everybody say it's personal. He's my shepherd. He's my Lord. He leads me in paths of righteousness, and he does you too. He wants that personal aspect of Christianity to fill our hearts. How are we going to do that? We're going to acknowledge it. We're going to honor it. We're going to delight in it. We're going to guard it. We're going to stay committed to it. And allow it to truly impact every aspect of our life. How we live, how we relate to people, how we communicate with people, how we make choices by what we think and what we believe. Why? Because my personal relationship with Christ affects every aspect of our life. It's up close and personal. That's the way God designed it. And what that means to us is this. Is that if you're here this morning... And you think that there are other people around you and maybe preachers or whatever, it, whoever it might be, that they have more access to God than you, you're believing a lie. Because you have total and complete unhindered access to the Father and God's waiting for you and I to take advantage of it. Come on now. Don't put your, don't put your faith in somebody else's prayers because you don't think yours are sufficient enough. You understand what I'm saying? You can pray. Why? Because you have a personal relationship with God. You walk with God. You're in right standing with God. You're in a personal relationship with God. And we thank God for what he's doing, but today is a day about personal relationship with the Lord. You have as much access to God as anybody else on the planet. The promises of God belong to you just as much as they do to anybody else on the planet. Because it's personal. You and the Lord. Everybody say it's personal. I love this passage. Deuteronomy 32 verse 10. He found him in a desert land and in a wasteland. Picture of being lost, unsaved. A howling wilderness. And what did he do? He encircled him, saved him, brought him into the kingdom of God. He instructed him, taught him about the things of the kingdom of God. And then what did he do? He kept him as the apple of his eye. You are the apple of God's eye. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know if you are, but I am. I want to drive home the point today that this is personal. Three other times or four other times in Scripture, God uses that phrase, apple of his eye, that he calls you that. Here's what it means. I don't know how he does it, but he's God. It means this. This is not in your notes. The apple of his eye means this, as if you were the only child he had. Man, that'll just, that'll make your mind go tilt, right? God deals with you as if you were his only child child he's not up there sorting everybody else's prayers and yours are getting lost in them we're not just we're not just down here in the midst of chaos and confusion and God's no God deals with each and every one of us on a very personal level as if you were his only child and he wants us to understand that he wants us to get that down on the inside of us. 
He walks with you as if you were his only one. He talks with you as if you were his only one. He hears your prayers as if you were his only one. You can go to him as if you were his only child. It's personal. It's all about the good shepherd and you. The good shepherd and you. In your notes, write this down. It's personal with God. And he wants it to be personal with me. God wants us to accept this. It's personal. Personal. It's all about the shepherd and you. I love this promise. This is another reason why God really does want us to understand this. Psalm 16, verse 2. I say to God, be my Lord. Why? Because without you, nothing makes sense. Man, be my Lord. Why? Because unless you're my Lord, unless you're my shepherd, unless it's personal with me, nothing makes sense. We can't do life successfully without the Lord. We can't do that, and you don't have to be afraid of it. Life, marriage, finances, work, nothing will make sense until he's your Lord, until he's your shepherd, until you're living with his wisdom, his guidance, his direction. Don't be afraid of it. I've shared this with you before, but it's just an amazing illustration that fits right here. Many years ago, many years ago, when Josh was, our son was two years old, I was in a swimming pool with him and I was holding him up. And I started walking towards the deep end. And when he realized that I was moving from the shallow into the deep, he started squirming and grabbing a hold of me. Daddy, no, daddy, no, it's over my head, it's over my head. Daddy, no, it's over my head. Go back, go back. I turned around, went back to the shallow end. He relaxed a little bit. And the thing that that little two-year-old Josh didn't know at that time was over his head in the shallow end, too. If I'd have let him go in the shallow end, it'd have been over his head. Can I just tell you guys, we're in over our heads already. You're already in over your head. The same God that holds you up now is going to be the same God that's going to hold you up as you move deeper into your relationship with him, as you open up your hearts to him in a greater, le uh, greater level and a greater measure, he's going to hold you up. We're already in over our head. Everybody say, it's personal. And here's the greatest truth, and I've shared this with you before too, but it bears repeating right now. The greatest truth that I've ever discovered about this personal relationship with God and the value that it can have and the impact that it can have on our lives is this one right here in your notes. Ready? Intimacy with God creates capacity to function. Intimacy with God creates capacity to function. What does that mean? It means the closer I am to the Lord, the better things are going to work. That the more intimate the relationship, the personal relationship I have with God, the more capacity I have to operate in life. 
That's why the enemy works super hard at driving us from spending time, intimate time with God. Because he knows that if we'll spend time with our Heavenly Father, growing and developing this personal relationship with him, it gives us the ability to be more effective. It gives us the ability to be better husbands, to be better wives, to be better parents, to be better employers, to be better employees. Intimacy with God creates capacity to function. And I, it, doesn't, it doesn't take long for me. If I'm busy and I'm not spending time with God the way I need to spend time on a consistent basis like all of us do, it doesn't take long at all for I realize, man, I'm not, it's not, are you, and you get stressed out, come on now. You get anxious, come on now. Everything's irritating you, everything is aggravating you, come on now. Why? Because we've drifted away from that personal aspect where God is, Infusing who he is in our hearts and in our lives. You want a productive, effective life that is full of the blessings of God and live life on a full level? Right there's the key. Personal relationship with God that you and I take advantage of. How are we going to do it? We're going to acknowledge it. We're going to honor it. We're going to delight in it. We're going to guard it. We're going to commit it. Why? Because our entire life and the success of our life is right here between the shepherd and the sheep. That personal relationship with the Lord. So here's what I want to do. And I'm not going to be long on this. How many times when you hear me say that, you go, you liar. I promise you. No, I don't promise you. I'm, let me rephrase. I'm going to do my best not to be long. How about that? John chapter 10, we've looked at it so many different directions in this in series. I'm going to look at it from a completely different perspective. And I want to show you six things that Jesus said to us in John chapter 10 that really, it builds the foundation of why it makes sense to go all in. It builds the foundation of why it makes complete and total sense for us to go, God, just carry me out in the deep. I'm ready and willing to go. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like, I want my personal relationship with you to grow and to develop. I want to take the next steps in all of this. Jesus gave us six things. See, the awesome thing about the way God deals with us and our relationship with him. See, we tell, we tell our kids, we tell our kids sometimes, you know, just do it because I said so. How many of you ever told your kids that? All right. God never does that. God doesn't say, just do it because I said so. No, he doesn't say that. He says, do it, and here's why you should do it. That's the way God operates. He always helps us and, and fortifies us with knowledge and revelation of why we should obey him. And that's what Jesus does in John chapter 6, or John chapter 10. Now, I've kind of re I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the verse first, and then I'm going to give you the, the, the fill in the blank. It's backwards on yours because it just works better on paper, but six things Jesus said of why it makes perfect sense for us to go all in. Are you ready? In verse 11, John chapter 10, verse 11, he said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Why should you and I go all in and develop a personal relationship with God? Ready? Because he gave his life for me. 
Because he, listen, I, here, this, is one of, this is one of those things in Christianity that we hear it so often that we lose the impact that, that, that it should be having on our life. But the reality is, God, Jesus gave his life for you. Literally, 2,000 years ago, he went to the cross, suffered the pain and the torment of not only the physical pain of the crucifixion, but also the pain of the separation between him and his heavenly father that he had been connected to through eternity. Why? Because of our sin, he went through that for you. He went through that so that you and I could have a personal relationship with the God that we were completely separated from. He did it for you. And I know it sounds religious, but the truth is, and we've always heard, we've heard this before too, that if you were the only one, he would have done it for you. But that is the truth. Why? Because it's personal. Because it's personal. Why? Does it make perfect sense for you and I to go all in? Because Jesus gave his life for us. Here's the next one. He said in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Why does it make perfect sense for you and I to go in all in right here? Because he knows me. He knows you. He knows you intimately. He knows everything about you. He knows your flaws. He knows your mess-ups. He knows your quirks. He knows everything about you in your life. There is nothing about you that is hidden from him. And sometimes we know things about ourselves, and we allow those things to keep us from getting close to him as if, you know, he can't handle it. Like, I don't want to do this to the Lord. If he ever finds out about this, it's going to mess his day up. No. No. He already knows everything about you. And none of it, listen, none of it scares him. None of it offends him. He's not mad at you. What he's waiting is for you to bring those things so that he can do a work in your heart and work in your life. He gave his life for you. He already knows everything about you. Here's the third thing. He went on to say in verse 14, he said, I am the good shepherd and I am known by my own. Why does it make perfect sense? Because he wants me to know him. God invites every single one of us into a personal relationship with him. And it's not on a mechanical, legalistic, religious basis. He wants to open up everything, his kingdom, his heart, his life. He wants, to, he wants you to know him intimately. He wants you not just to know about him. He doesn't want you to live off the revelation of somebody else and what they say. No, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, how much he wants to be a part of your life. It makes perfect sense for us to go all in because that's the God of the universe that says, I know you and I want you to know me. And I want you to wake up every morning to the knowledge of who I am. And what I can do in your heart and what I can do in your life. And stop listening to the voices that, that distort who I am and mess up the image of who I am. It's one of the main reasons why Jesus came. In fact, Jesus came for two main reasons. To redeem mankind and then what? To reveal the Father. 
And the reason why so many people missed who Jesus was is because they had a distorted view of who the Father is. A distorted view of who God is will mess you up. Why does it make sense? Because he gave his life for you. Because he knows you. Because he wants you to know him. Here's the next one, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Why does it make perfect sense for you and I to go all in, in your notes? Because he speaks to me. And we want to hear what he has to say, don't we? And God can speak to you about that situation where you are with what's going on right now. In fact, some of us are in situations in our life right now, and we're frustrated Things aren't working the way they want them, we want them to work. And the reason why is because you haven't taken time to hear what your shepherd has to say about it. But if we just take the time and let God speak to us. And that personal relationship with God is what gives you the ability to hear him. He speaks to us. Here's the next one. He went on to say in verse 28. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Why does it make perfect sense for you and I to go all in and grow and develop this personal relationship with Jesus? Because he gives us eternal life. Because he gives us eternal life. How many are thankful for that? How many know that in a million years from today, we're still going to be alive? Man, that's awesome. Why? Because Christ provided it for us. And it is through that personal, intimate, one-on-one relationship with your shepherd that not only will get you to heaven, but heaven's eternal life can affect you now. It makes perfect sense because he gives us eternal life. And then Jesus wraps up with the sixth answer, the sixth reason why. It makes perfect sense for you and I to go completely all in for him in this personal relationship. He said it in verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. I want this one to get deep down on the inside of you because I am God's gift to Jesus. You are God's gift to Jesus for his obedience on the cross. You are his gift. God gave you to Jesus because of his obedience. That's how much value you have. He could have given him any type of gift, but he gave Jesus you. You are God's gift to Jesus. I want you to just think about it as the band gets ready to come on up. As we begin to wrap this service up today, I want you to just think about where you are in your relationship with God and how personal it is about what areas of your life it may be affecting or not be affecting. How close are you to him? In Isaiah 45, God's people had drifted away and they weren't really as close to the Lord as he wanted them to be. And when he came down, he spoke to them through the prophet Isaiah and he said this to them. You see it in your notes. He said this. So tell me what you think. Let me just, what do you think about what we said today? What do we think? How does it impact your life? Tell me what you think. Look at the evidence. I just gave you the evidence of John chapter 10. Put your heads together. Make your case. Who told you and a long time ago what's going on here? What is going on here? God wants a personal relationship with us. 
And he's given us all the effort and all the energy and all the, the revelation to help us to, to, to open up our hearts to him. Who made sense of things for you? Nothing makes sense without him. So who, makes sense, who made sense out of things for you? Wasn't it I, the one God? It had to be me. Why? Because I'm the only God there is. The only God who does things right and knows how to help. He says, think about it. I've given you all the information. I've given you all the evidence. I'm the only one that can make sense. And it flows to us through a very personal shepherd-sheep relationship. How close are we to our shepherd? How personal is he to us? Don't look at other people and compare their relationship with God with yours. Don't compare yourself to others. Just locate Jesus in your own life and start building from there. He'll meet you right there. My challenge to all of us, in your notes, ask yourself this. What can I do to grow and develop my relationship with Jesus? What can you do? What's the next step? I know what, I know what my next step is. I know what the Lord's been talking to me about. I know what it is. What is it? What's God been talking to you about? What is it you need to do in your daily life that would include him at a greater level and make it more personal between you and him? As the prayer partners slip up out of your seat and come to the altar, with every eye closed and every head bowed, the band is going to lead us in one song of worship. This is not an exit song. This is a song to close out the service to just let God minister to our hearts and minister to our lives about the things that have been said. But as the prayer partners begin to come and get themselves in position here, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I have a question for every one of us. Is Jesus your Lord and your Savior? Because it starts there. The personal aspect doesn't come until after you've been born again. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never been born again. You're empty inside. You've got sin in your life. Today's the day. You don't have to leave City Church like that. You can leave knowing that you've got a relationship with God. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Anybody would say, Pastor Rusty, by upraised hand, pray for me today. I don't want to leave here today with the emptiness on the inside. I don't want to leave here today without knowing that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Anybody would say, thank you for that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else would join us? I see that hand. Anybody else would join these hands? I see this hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see these hands. Listen, this is a big deal to God. Christ died for this moment for you. We are here right now at this time in history because of you. God doesn't want you to leave here the same. He wants you to leave here committed to him. Why? Because he wants you to experience his commitment to you. There's six or seven hands that were raised. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want each and every one of us that raised our hands to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe some of you are coming back to that personal relationship because you've drifted off. Pray this prayer with me. 
want everybody to pray. Those who already know the Lord, I want you to make it a, just a personal declaration. The ones who don't know the Lord, you're inviting them into your heart. Say, say, Jesus, today's the day. I make it personal. I open up my heart. I open up my life. From this moment on, I declare you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You died for my sin. I receive your forgiveness. You died and were raised from the dead. I receive your life. You're in my heart. You're my Lord. You're my shepherd. You are my God. And I will be your child. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. As the band leads us in one song of worship. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I encourage you to slip up out of your seat, come down to this altar, share with these prayer partners that you prayed and asked Christ to come into your heart. If you have any other need in your life, as we worship the Lord, I just encourage you to come down and spend this last couple of minutes in the presence of God talking to the Lord. I'll be right back to close out. God bless.
find our security and our courage and our strength. It is in you, Lord, that you make sense of life, that you walk us through the valley when things don't make sense. You still make sense in the middle of it, so we hold on to you. God, I pray for every person that calls City Church home today. God, you would help us to grow our personal, the personal aspect of our relationship with you. Help us to recognize where we need to acknowledge it, where we need to honor it more, where we need to guard it and protect it from the things of the world at a higher level. Help us, Lord. We hunger for you. We thirst for who you are and for what you're doing in our life. Don't let us leave here today. Leave out of here just going through the motions. Thank you, Lord commit ourselves to you and fresh and new this morning here at City Church in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap, guys. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you so much. See you back here next Sunday at 1030. Don't forget, get in a city group this week. God bless. Have an amazing week.
Oh Jesus, you're a